I've got a great word this morning. Just We've been singing about God's promises and God's faithfulness, and I just want to talk a little bit about that. I um, believe that as, as we look at God's promises and his faithfulness this morning, we're going to, I'm going to suggest to you just a simple faith step that we can take this year, this week, this, this day, to take hold of these promises for, us, for ourselves and be transformed. And not only ourselves, but as we take hold of God's promises by faith, I believe we're going to see lives around us changed and transformed as well. So that's what we're talking about this morning. Are we good to go, Nathan? Are we, are we on? Thank you. All those listening. It's great that we have people listening on tape and CD. Oh, my goodness, I'm showing my age, whatever it is. Digital media. Welcome. So my title this morning is Name the Year. It's not so much a title, really, as a suggestion, as a, as a challenge, maybe. And I'll explain why during uh, the, the next um, half hour or so, uh, what, what I'm talking about. And just as a little teaser, do you know that Jesus named the year? So we're in good company. I'll explain all about that. Just uh, as a preamble and, and start, uh, I don't know about you, but I loved Christmas New Year. I was off for 12 days from work. Just great times, and we're blessed. We, you know, we've got family that love us and give us great presents, and we have a, I have a wonderful wife that cooks great food, and yeah, it's fantastic. But coming back to work, oh my goodness, back on Tuesday it was a bump. I tell you what, and 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 I'm saying that, but I'm actually quite serious, I, I, and I'm sure many of you can identify with this, that whatever wherever you're at, whether it's school, uh, just family, New Year, we're, you know, looking after, staying at home, not going to work, but some mothers going to work, and it's hard sometimes in uh, dark days, and and we think, yeah, of course, goodness, people are starving, people are flooded, so I feel a little bit guilty, but I have to tell you, I was overwhelmed with the thought of returning to work a couple of days before, waking up in the middle of the night thinking, oh my goodness, I've got all these deadlines to meet in the next couple of weeks, I've got meetings the first week I go back, that are going to be difficult. I've got relationships in my the team that I lead that I need to to work through, and 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 honestly, the last thing I wanted to do was get out of bed and face it. I was so tempted to take a sickie, and then I thought, well, I'll just have to take another one, and then another one, and then you can see why you know you end up in a bad place. Uh, life can be overwhelming, wherever we are, we're at, and and I really needed and felt God's help. Um, to, to to face that challenge, just of going back to work, and it, it doesn't sound much, but for me that that, that it was real, and it, and and uh, it really um, gave me a breakthrough when Sally, my wife, came up one day and said, "Oh, I've got a word for the year. It's wisdom. I'm I'm just praying wisdom over our family for the year. I'm, I'm calling the year wisdom. I'm naming the year wisdom." And I was like, "I'm I'm having that. I need wisdom this week just just to deal with my colleagues. I just need wisdom to deal w- with some of the situations. I need to, I don't understand what I'm doing sometimes, uh, and I need knowledge and understanding um, just to survive one day to the next." I thought, "I'm having that." 
And this week felt like a real battle, but every day I was praying and praising God and, and believing and asking for wisdom and seeing God move through. In the meetings we had, I was talking about three, or it had gone really well. I was coming home to Sally saying, oh, amazing, brilliant, it went so well. I can't believe the favor, you know, just good. And then there was one more to have, and I knew it was going to be the hardest. And I could hear the devil going, that's your lot, mate. This one's where it all comes apart. And it wasn't much, but I said, no, I'm not having that. I'm believing this is going to go well too. I'm believing God's favor here and God's blessing here. And sure enough, I, 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 you know, I went in with a slightly different mindset than I might have had. And sometimes that's all we need. Glass is half full, not half empty. And, and it went incredibly well, far better than I could hope. And it, it was, all oh, right, oh, <laughs> this stuff works. And I'm wanting, I've just unpackaged that a little bit. I want to put a framework and, and a couple of, couple of scriptures around this, a lot of scriptures actually, um, around this, just to help us and help me not stop now, but every day, every, every week, every year, see God's power come into my life and into my workplace and into my family. So, here we go. Name the year. Last week, Jimmy kicked us off fantastically with the year, talking about kindness. Really, he named the year kindness, didn't he? How we're going to um, see the harvest of souls come in, and kindness is going to be key to that. We're leading with worship as ever. We're keeping that going. But we also want to think about the kindness of God in our lives, leading to repentance and believing for a harvest of souls come in. And I don't know if some of you noticed the story uh, in, the, in the press and the media. I'm sorry, Aaron, if you don't mind me sharing this a little bit. Uh, Aaron picked up a guy walking home from Amazon, I think, one night, late, 10 o'clock at night. Had missed the bus, was walking 25 miles in the pouring wet rain overnight, um, just about to get home to Stirling. Not what you anticipated, I don't think, Aaron. But he took him all the way, gave him a burger, and uh, somehow that got into the press and onto social media. Uh, over a thousand people seeing that story and encouraging the world, uh, you know, the church, that um, a simple act of kindness, not that simple, but um, can bear great fruit. That guy's life was changed, I am absolutely sure by that. He could have, he might not have made it. I mean, 25 miles of walking. <laughs> a simple act of kindness. And suddenly the fruit that comes out of it honor God a little bit. It's like Jimmy kicks the ball off, Aaron takes it and beats a few people and bangs a goal into the back of the net. One nil to the kingdom of God this week already. Isn't that great? Thanks, Aaron. That was a great example. Uh, really good. And just take hold of that promise and just done something with it. Not much. It's easy. It's in our grasp. It's possible. And um, just want to give an example from the Old Testament of God's promises. I want to remind you about some of these. And uh, we'll nip to the first slide, thanks, Robert. God keeps promises. And God is all about promises. It started with Abraham, the promise he gave to Abraham, that he would be a father of many nations, that he'd be a blessing to all nations. And I remind you, as we look at this illustration, it's going to give us some keys as to how we can apply and take hold of the promises. And um, I'm going to pick up the story of the, the Israelites following on from that promise to Abraham. Generations later, as they're just about to enter the promised land. Joshua has taken up the reins. Most of you know this story, I'm sure, know where we're at. If you know a bit of Bible history, the book of Joshua starts and says this. After the 
death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit in the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. That is some promise. Massive hope, purpose, a whole nation given a land by the Creator God Himself, speaking individually to a leader to take them in. And of course, the analogy for us is possibly Joshua is seen as a Jesus, a type of Jesus leading the people into the inheritance of the promised land. It's even called the promised land, for goodness sake. It's about promises, about the, God's promises to his people being fulfilled through his people. But also, Joshua, I think, we can identify with. And through Jesus, the promises that God spoke to Joshua become our promises. So the promises that we're going to take the Euphrates isn't quite the right practical application interpretation of the scripture, is it? We're, we're not going in there. But we might have a battle to win, even like I did this week, to get to work and to deal with a few relationships. We might have issues to deal with health, strength, strength of mind. We have a land that God wants us to inherit when we're called by name, when we give our lives to Jesus. There are purposes and plans that he has laid out for us. And he wants us to take hold of them. And this is similar to the battle that the Israelites had to fight to overcome the enemies in the land, to take hold of the promised land. And it's like that for us. We are in a battle. As Christians, we're in a battle. And it's as we believe God and trust him and move forward into the promised land. And that can be scary. That can, we might... Like, like me, just want to curl up in bed and say, I'm fine right here in my own little place. But that's not the call that God has on our lives. And then, I encourage you, read Joshua. The, the book that we, Jimmy recommended, The Glory Days, is all about this. I've been reading it, and this is inspired a lot by this book, The Glory Days. And um, it's just a great exposition of, of the book of Joshua and how it applies to our lives, and great testimony, well-written book. Really encourage you to read it. And read the, read the story as well. Joshua is full of adventures, full of challenges. Jericho, the captain of the king's army, coming to meet with him, walking around, shouting seven days, and the walls coming down. The spies, the failure at the village of Ai, real challenges, real difficulties, 
But we hear about Caleb as well, the, the, the great guy Caleb, who as, as an old man inherits the land that he was promised. And then we come to Joshua 21, the next slide there, Robert, please. We see that God has kept his promise. So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their ancestors. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel. Not one, we could say, of the Lord's good promises to you will fail. Everyone was fulfilled. God is a covenant-keeping God. God is faithful. And every promise He has made, and His heart and His word is full of promises for us. And as we cover these, there's a treasure chest of hope in there. And I don't know what your enemy is particularly this year or what your promise is, but I just leading to this little step of faith that will help us focus on these and, and trust more in these and believe more for these. But recognizing it's a battle all the time and we need his help to get through. How does this come for us today as Christians? The story of Joshua is great, but there is a real foundation of truth of the purposes of God being fulfilled throughout every generation from that point. These promises being fulfilled, prophesied about, and uh, coming through into the time that Jesus arrives and said that Joshua was a, can be seen as a type of Jesus. But when Jesus arrived, it was a game changer. It, it translated the world of the physical Israelite promise and the law into the, the hope of the promises for all nations everywhere, that the promise given to Abraham originally, that he would be a father of many nations, that uh, all peoples would be blessed through him, comes through Christ. And there's this great moment, isn't there, that we know about when Jesus having, you know, we've gone through Christmas and the Christmas story, and then we don't hear much, and he goes out into the desert, is tempted by the, the devil, and comes back in, and he starts his ministry. And um, if you just can feel that sense of, my goodness, what is happening here? And we turn to Luke 4 to pick it up. And it says that he went to Nazareth, Luke 4, verse 16, where Jesus had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. Holy Spirit, come now and help us just capture this moment again in our spirits. The, the, the world-changing, history-changing moment that this was, oh God, that you were here on earth with us. And all that you'd been doing throughout the generations was coming to a focus, coming to a point of real change and transformation. 
And it's through Jesus as he goes into the synagogue, just coming to church one day. But this was a different day. He stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. This is, this is even better than the Lion King coming back to take his land. When he hears the call again and he says, I'm going back. It's far better than any other history maker taking up the challenge, taking hold of responsibility to say, here I am. I'm going to do my will. And, and we can, each one of us has a call to come in to that moment to say, to stand up and say, here's my purpose and here's what I'm going to do. And this spirit in Christ is just overwhelming me, unrolling it, the, the scriptures. He found the place where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. And here it is to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus names the year, the year of the Lord's favor. And every year since then to this day and every year until he comes back is the year of the Lord's favor. Can you please applaud Jesus Christ for who he is and what he has done that he wholeheartedly took hold of all he was called to do and stood up and based on the promises of God, by faith, believed and obeyed his Father in heaven and set the example for us that each one of you and I has a call and a, and a, and a challenge and a responsibility in our lives to live worthy of the calling we have received, to fulfill and take hold of the, the plans and purposes that God has for us. And like Christ, unroll the scroll of our lives and go into the promised land and believe the call that he has on us that will fulfill the promises and extend his kingdom. And it goes on, he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the tenant, sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him. Can you imagine that moment? Could they even begin to understand what was happening right there? And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And we want scripture to be filled in your hearing, in your day, in your lives. The promise of God fulfilled today in your lives. That's what we're believing. That's the life of faith. That's what living in the faith lane is all about. Believing God's promises and having them come to, to life, to overflow in our lives. Not just for our own benefit, but we take hold of the promises and the blessing and we take it out to those around us like Aaron did and like we're doing, like you're doing all the time, that we're extending the blessing of God and the favor of God, the promises of God, changing the atmosphere, changing people's lives, influencing society around us through that. And it says in Hebrews 9, just to, to nail this, for this reason, Hebrews 9.15, and this is, I think Isaac picked up on this in the, the worship, this uh, similar scripture anyway, for this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance 
now that he has died as a ransom, to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. This is not about our strength. This is not about our wisdom. This is not about our ability to be faithful. This is all about what Christ has done for us, the mediator of a new covenant, that those that are called may receive. We're just receiving the promises. They're out there for us. The Christmas presents are wrapped. We just need to go in and unopen them and start to use them and start to uh, deploy them. And, and uh, uh, we will receive this in t- eternal inheritance. In 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are... Can everybody shout out? Yes! In Christ... And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. The promises are real. The promises are true. God is a covenant-keeping God. And they are yes in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Is anybody ready to take a small step of faith yet? I encourage you at all. Can you believe that actually your life, your life, has significance and value and purpose. All of your lives, God created and breathed. You're unique. The challenges you've faced and the failures we've had all lead up. God works all things together for the good of him who are called according to his purposes. And if you're saying, here I am, send me, You're called according to his purposes, and you will start to unlock the promises of God in our lives. What an exciting year this is going to be, I tell you. How exciting. Next slide, please, Robert. I've said choose your promise. That sounds a bit trite. Choose the promise, which one? I just want to recognize and recognize that all the promises of God are, are available, but sometimes just you, you need something quickened to you. I, I needed, and I felt that when Sally said wisdom to me, that, oh, yeah, that's, I really need that. And when I've unlocked the scriptures, wisdom, wisdom is full and complete in Jesus. Jesus is wisdom personified, and, and um, it's just encouraging to think when we're asking for wisdom, really, we're just asking for Jesus. All wisdom is in him. And... Um, need to make, I want to make good decisions. I want to have understanding according to God's will. And and with that thought, I can have confidence as I hear God well and trust him. It it just turns my mindset. You think, well, it doesn't matter how clever or not I may or may not be. I can have wisdom. It's a promise from God. How healthy or well you are, the promises you can have life. Take hold of the promise. So what, what, what would God say to you right now? What, what would be your promise that, that he's saying, you need this for this year, this week? What is it, what is it that, that you, you're looking for just to take the next step in God's call in your life? Is it health? Is it a new birth? Is it a relationship? Is it dealing with anger, dealing with pride? Is it, is it practical? Is it spiritual? Is it value-led? You deal with your anger this year? Deal with unforgiveness this year? Because God is a God of all comfort. God forgives sin. 
God saves us. God redeems us. God is a God of all provision. Whatever your challenge is, there's a promise. And nothing's too small. Nothing's too difficult. But for you and I, sometimes it's just too hard to hope. We don't want to be disappointed. We feel it's all about us. We recognize our failings. And, and this morning, what I really believe God's wanting to do is just encourage you to say, look, it's really not about you. It is about what I've done. And, and um, take hold of it because that's my gift to you. Some of the promises, I've got some books that have been on my shelves for a little while. Uh, if you're not sure what the promises are, I mean, th- this may not be an instant thing. Some of you may know right now what the promise is that you need. Others, you might need to re- dig into some Bible reading, read some scriptures, think, well, actually, I need to understand what the promises are. What are they? And there's some books I've got down here that I've read, or Sally's read. I've probably been given them by some people. If you recognize your book, thanks very much. Take it back. Uh, if you fancy one of these and you just want a, 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 bit, of a bit of a... A help is Christian writing is really helpful just to highlight some promises. And um, there's, there's a few here. Just pick them up, take them away, and enjoy them. Um, Steve Furtick is a great, great preacher. Brian Hogan, who's here with us a couple of years back. Um, stuff from Cherish. Uh, Love and Respect. I think that might be yours, Aaron. <laughs> it's a great book, though. Um, Jensen Franklin. Good stuff. Just help yourself if you, if you fancy it. You know, I, I need to get... Dig into more of this. It's great. And get hold of glory days and all that stuff is, is helpful um, to hear God's voice. And um, the year of the Lord's favor scripture that Jesus quoted, he didn't, as far as we know, read it all. But it goes on and going back to Isaiah, it, it, it's absolutely phenomenal what the promises were contained in that scripture that Jesus said, today this is fulfilled. So this is fulfilled and, and it goes on and Isaiah 61, 2, 3, and you can read it, I encourage you, it says, it's picking up from to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It does say in the day of vengeance of our God. You know, we, we, were, uh, we don't want to ignore that, that we were saved, I think, and I know this is fair to say, but it seems increasingly so, that we're not necessarily just saved from evil. There's evil so prevalent in the world. Uh, people suffer, Christians suffer, you're suffering all in many ways at different times. You think, well, how does this all tie in with that? All this good stuff about promises. And, and, and possibly it's helpful to see, and I can't answer all that. I don't know. Um, but it does seem to me that the promise that God would be with you in all this, that what he's, not, he's saved us from actually is not the suffering necessarily, not necessarily the evil. What he saved us from is his wrath. That's what we're safe from. It's actually himself that we need to fear most. That's hard for us to understand in this culture, I think. But we're saved from God himself, his judgment. We cannot stand before him. And we lose sight of this in this type of church culture sometimes. God is terrifying. But through Jesus... We can come straight into his presence, as Isaac was beautifully saying. We can come right in because of what Jesus has done. We cannot on our own strength. We cannot. 
the covenant that Jesus fulfilled allows us. It was like a deal. God started the deal and said, here's my promise to you, I'll be faithful. Mankind fails. So he says, okay, I'll come and make up your end of the deal as well. How about that? And if you say yes to Jesus, that's what you're saying yes to. That Jesus takes your part of the deal. The promise, the covenant, the agreement. That's why we praise Jesus. That's why we say thank you. That's why the worship is so exciting. That's why we need every day, every time to come and say thank you, Jesus, for what you've done, for fulfilling my part of the bargain as well as being faithful to your own. Isaiah 61 says to comfort, just some of the promises, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve. Isn't that's not bad, is it? That's not a bad start. Yes, it, that means there's suffering. That means there's loss. That means there's death. That means there's sickness. Because you're going to have to mourn. mourn. You're going to have to grieve. But the promise is, you will bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And you will be called oaks of righteousness, plantings of the Lord for the display of his favor. What a hope, what a call, what a life that we can lead if we take hold of this promise and become oaks of righteousness. Wouldn't you like, Stuart, to be an oak of righteousness? I'm up for that. An oak of righteousness. Through Christ, we already are. It's already happened. You already are, Stuart. We already are, Hugh. We're oaks of righteousness through Christ, holding up the kingdom of God. It's incredible. It's wonderful. For the display of his splendor, instead of your shame, Stephen shared last year memorably about the life that he was leading, but instead you will receive a double portion, Stephen, which is our. You will receive a double portion, not just Stephen what really we should be inheriting, what we should be receiving. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. All the promises of God. And as you will inherit, and so you will inherit a double portion in your land. Whatever your land is, whatever your life is, let's start believing for a double portion. I love going to Uganda. They sing a great song in Uganda. Double, double. Everything's a double, double. It's a stupid song, but I just love it. John Marabu, we're hoping he might get him across this year. And his joy, that African joy, it just is this joy of Jesus. is oh, just fantastic. It's been... How would I, a guy from Libby in Edinburgh get to Uganda, meet people with nothing but joy beyond measure. God is good. His promises are amazing. His purposes for our life are incredible. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land. That would be all right, wouldn't it, if it finished there? But it doesn't finish there. There is a rule over jackpot, people. And, just a little word, and, and. What would be and? What else do you want? What would be good that you'd want to and in your life this week, this year? And that's maybe the question I'm asking. What's your promise? What's, what's after and this year? God, I really would 
value this. I really need this. And it might not be for you. It might be for people you know. It might be for who you need to minister to. And everlasting joy will be yours. Can you excuse us from leading with worship, from celebrating every week, every day, that if everlasting joy on top of a double portion in our land, it sounds like Christianity is a great, great deal, that God's promises are worth taking hold of, that this is a life worth leading, this is a, a faith worth following. Okay, she's still not well. Louise, is, is he all right? Work today, bless him. Kish told me once he explains that he is a follower of Jesus when he talks to his family. A follower of Jesus. That is what a follower of Jesus receives. A double portion. It's a double portion for Kish. Please take that promise home for Kish. Everlasting joy will be ours. Romans 4.16 says, Therefore the promise. Are you ready to take a small step of faith yet, by the way? Still not sure? Thanks, Joe. Have I convinced you yet? Do you want to take hold of this more? A little bit more? Are you already there? Are you miles ahead of me? You go, yeah, yeah, I know all this. Great. Therefore, here's how it works. The promise, Romans 4.16, comes by faith. So we need to be not just, this is great news. You need to do something about this. I need to do something about this. We need to take hold of these promises, not by just them being there, but by taking hold of them by faith, so that maybe by grace and maybe guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Sometimes hoping is hard when despair is all you're, you just cannot say way forward. Many of you have experienced it. Ian and Kay probably had that moment a few years ago. No hope. Too hard. Impossible. Many others have thought this is impossible, but Abraham set the example. Sometimes when things seem impossible, the choice to believe is hard, and it is a choice to believe. It's a choice to have faith. Are we going to believe the cup's half empty, half full? It is a simple analogy. Are we going to believe these promises? Are we going to take hold of them? Are we going to have the courage to believe? It says about Abraham in uh, Romans 4, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Abraham, for kicking this all off starting us on the journey. If you want some more promises, Jeremiah 29, verse 10. Familiar one. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Spoken to the Israelites in captivity in Babylon, but we can take hold of it through Christ because it's yes in Christ. And you will come call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to the place in which I carried you. For the Israelites, that was incredible. For you in sin, in loss, in despair, in debt, in whatever it is, he will rescue you, bring you forward. 
going to just uh, show you a quick clip just now, Robert, if you're able to set that up for us. Um, I've pretty much come to an end and I'm still waiting. I still don't think I've got quite ready to say yes to this step of faith yet. Here's a, this video will help. I don't know how many of you saw it. It was on TV over Christmas. I didn't watch too much TV. I'm happy to see over Christmas, but I did catch this. It's the, the most I, 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 astounding piece of TV I think I've, I've possibly ever seen in respect of seeing Christianity at work in practice. It's Bear Grylls interviewing um, President Obama. Did anybody see that documentary? Yeah. One or two. Uh, a few. Um, so I don't know if you know Bear Grylls great adventurer, wilderness explorer, all that stuff, does crazy things and survives and leads lots of celebrities and takes them through challenges. And, and a really interesting program. He gets, he gets to know, he talks about lots of people. And, and phenomenally, President Obama agrees to go on this TV program. And I think it's linked to the whole um, climate change issue and the fact that there was the event in Paris and Obama, I believe, I understand from this program, is really committed to seeing through some uh, changes in, in America to improve the environment, and he gets the science as he puts it, and he believes it, and he wants to make a difference, he wants to leave a legacy, and I suppose this was a way for him to promote that, and, and, and for Bear Grylls, uh, who's just a lovely guy, if you don't know him, he is uh, a great um, standard bearer for faith, for alpha, for, uh, you know, just Somebody at the peak of the mountain of culture, we talked a little bit about mountains last year, which we want to continue to open up for you. Once Zara gets the names of the rooms right, they're all mountains, and that's the point. And this is about not just seeing what God's purposes and plans for us in respect of being a church leader or within church, but that recognizing that God's call on your life will allow you to influence where you're working where you're living significantly, and that call can be on, is on your lives, as in your ministry. This is what God wants you to do, and, and Bear Grylls, I guess, is just at the peak of a mountain where he's got tremendous influence, tremendous respect, doing a great job, and um, uh, has the chance to speak to the most powerful man in the Western world, who has um, the... Um, can't imagine the responsibility that he really has. I love him or hate him. As, uh, I certainly admire him tremendously. So we're just picking this up at the end. Uh, the spoiler is bear praise for him at the end. And it's not a great prayer. Just pause it if you can a sec. Thanks, Robert. We're ready to go. Thank you. Sound good and stuff. Um, it's just a, a minute or so, a minute and a half. This is right there in the program. This is on primetime BBC TV, right? So even that's a miracle that this get, gets through, you know? I, I, and I don't know how significant it is, but I just love this moment because I could relate to Bear Grylls. I like, oh, say a quick prayer. And I, I hesitate saying a quick prayer. I almost said a quick prayer for my boss this week and I fell short. I, thought, I could have, but I didn't. Um, Anyway, let's have a wee look. Mission accomplished. Thank you. Can I pray for you before we go? Absolutely. One of the things I really wanted to do was to be able to say a little prayer with him, and it's always awkward doing that. But, um, you know, here's a man who really has the weight of the world on his shoulders. 
and everyone's always taking from him and I just wanted just for 10 seconds just to be able to pray for him and, and for protection over the incredible stuff he's doing. Lord, I thank you for the presence, great strength of courage and character. Bless and protect his work and his family. Uh, forgive us when we fall short and help us be strong in you. Amen. Amen. Appreciate you, man. You're amazing. Thank you. God bless. Right. Honestly, it's been such a privilege. I had a wonderful time. As I said, I'm genuinely I'm in awe of what you're doing to protect our planet. Well, you are a great ambassador for the wilderness, and uh, I promise I, uh, I will not invite you to a cocktail party. <laughs> um, I might make an exception for you, Mr. President. Well, no, but, yeah, but maybe we can scale the face of, uh, of the White House. Safe journey out. Thank you. Don't get attacked by a bear. I won't. Secret Service is over to you. Come on, it's just a small clip. But I just think that's absolutely wonderful. Absolutely amazing. Because I, I, bears, you know, you can identify them. It's really awkward praying for people. And it's just a 10 sec. It's five sec. But he took that moment in camera in front of the world to say a prayer. That, I think, I can't imagine how much courage that might have taken. And, and the likelihood of, you know, he's got all the security guys out there. They were apparently nervous about this whole idea, ready to jump. I remember... Tony Blair and his predecessor says, we don't do God. And um, I think Blair maybe does, but uh, at the time the culture wasn't. But Obama was happy to allow that to be received. I think he genuinely received the prayer. I think he believed it. And I think it's a powerful prayer that, that will bear fruit. And, and it's stuff we can do. And we're not probably going to meet President of the United States, but whoever it is that is around you, I want to be more courageous to be able to take opportunities like that, like Aaron did this week. And, 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 and it can be just given to a guy in the street, a few pence can feel awkward. And, and perhaps for you taking hold of a promise is really hard to believe for a partner, to believe for something to come. You risk disappointment, you risk being let down, you, you risk being made a fool of that. You say something by faith and then doesn't seem to appear. It took 600 years from Abraham's promise to the promised land. Sometimes promises take a little time and it says, um, that we need to persevere to take hold of this promise. We need to hold on. We need to sometimes wait. We need to sometimes trust. We need to just sometimes keep going. Therefore, the promise comes by faith. We may have to wait on it, but the more we wait, the more we seek, the more we hold on to it, the more we connect and worship with Jesus, as Isaac was encouraging us earlier. So, Joshua 1 Back to that, the last, next slide, I think. Be brave. Be strong and very courageous, Joshua 1. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the ref, le right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it on it day and night so that you too may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, people. Do not be discouraged, people. 
for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That promise has grown and multiplied since the day it was spoken to Joshua through Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10.19 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have a confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, since we have a great high priest of the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having a heart sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Are you ready to name the year yet? Take a step of faith. What's the promise you need? Can you hear it yet in your spirit? I don't need you to know now. I would love you to agree that you're going to seek God. You're going to pick up a book, pick up your scripture. Just the same instruction that Joshua got. It hasn't changed. Read your Bible. That's basically what he says. That's our message all the time. Read your Bible every day. You know, read your daily readings. It is literally that simple to take hold of God's promises. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Fantastic. Be strong and courageous. And Hebrews 10, 19 says, let us consider how we may spur one another onto the Lord's love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another daily to, to help us hold on to promises, to help us remain, to be faithful. We need one another. So if we're going to take hold of this, we're going to take hold of inheritance, if we're going to take the promised land, whatever that means for us, mean together really helps. Small groups will really help you this year. We're wanting to encourage that more and more. Just meeting together, sharing your faith, encouraging one another, praying for one another, being accountable to one another, asking in a more um, intimate context. So what is God saying to you? Let's do that this year, shall we? Let's meet together more. If on an individual case as well, the response to this, 2 Peter 1, 4, his divine power is giving us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Therefore, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. So even as individuals on our own, here's a challenge to take hold of this promise, to take the, the promised line. Here's what you need to do. Add to your faith goodness. To goodness, knowledge. Read some books. To knowledge, self-control. Getting some good habits. Sarah, health. Less chocolate. Less anger. Less frustration. More calm. Whatever it is that you need God to help you in. His promises are there for you. To self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, mutual affection. And if we get through all these to mutual affection, we might actually learn to love. It's not easy. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why I wanted to share all this this morning. That we want this year 
to have these qualities in increasing measure based on the promise of God, based on his faithfulness, based on our response in faith, that we will keep from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Lord Jesus Christ. Are you ready to make a short commitment of faith yet? Yes! I'm sorry, I believe in you. I know, I know you do. I know you do. Here's the warning. 2 Peter 1, 9. But whoever does not have these things in increasing measure is short-sighted and blind, forgetting that I've been cleansed from their past sins. And that's what the devil will do all the time. If we neglect these promises, if we neglect meeting together, if we neglect moving forward, adding to these things, the devil will rob us and steal us, and we will sit on this side of the Jordan and never inherit the promises that God has for us. And others will be less for that. We have a blessing to give and a blessing to carry wherever we go, whatever we do. We are the blessing to all nations wherever we go. At every moment, we can be a blessing. Isn't that wonderful? So be brave. I've got a song to finish. Sorry, it's run on a little bit. I hope this has been helpful. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you think that this is going to be a good year. It is going to be a good year. It is going to be a good year. And sometimes speaking the language of faith, you need to speak out that and believe it and find the scripture that you can declare every day. God promises wisdom. If we seek wisdom, we find him. Are we good to go at all? Oh, wonderful. So um, this, this, this is a, a good old favorite, just to emphasize this. We could take a couple of minutes just to play this. And if you need to go get your kids, that's great. But um, take a moment to pray, listen to the words. If you want to hear God's voice just now, and just ask him, you know, I'm not sure what the promise is, but speak to me, Lord. Yes, in Jesus, I stand before you now, the greatness of your renown, the song goes. I've heard of the majesty and wonder of your King of heaven. In humility, I bow as your love and wave after wave crashes over me. For you are for us, you are not against us, champion of heaven. You made a way for all to enter in. I've heard you calling my name. I've heard you sing the song of love. You call me out beyond the shore into the waves. You make me brave. No fear can hinder now the love that made a way. You make me brave. No fear can hinder now the promises you made. You make me brave. Let's, we'll finish with this. And as I say, if you need to go get the kids or you want to just take a moment. Hear God's voice, listen to the words. If you want prayer, I'm happy to just lay hands on, come forward, and we can do that as well. Okay, let's do that. Um, God